One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Before I was born and my three younger sisters arrived... My mum had set up a floristry business. My parents were living in America at the time. And she would dress up as like a Dutch milkmaid and like flirt with Gorman (laughs) and had a little cart with like Dutch flowers before that became a thing. So just before we were born, she ended up having like three stores in New York. She brought Dutch friends over to staff them. Like it was all happening. There was an investor. My my mum even kept the business going. Even when I was born, she was like pumping to prepare for a 36-hour round trip to go to New York and like manage the whatever and like she realized that oh i can't do both of these things and she shut down the business and i i saw her a few months ago and i said like do you regret or like do you miss that life or you know because it was such a big thing and two things were true i think she said essentially like i'm glad i chose the decision i did right i'm really glad that we had a family in the four of you but I could see, and she she acknowledged that like there was a deep sadness that that wasn't something that had been part of her life because she's an incredible businesswoman and like would have been an amazing global florist. And I just think, especially for me as a man, like realizing the choices, especially mothers make, parents make generally, like there's something really big about them and hard, and that's something we're going to talk about today with our guest, Anna. And I- I'm really looking forward to hearing how she's navigating the the questions she's brought to us. Just one warning before we get into today's episode, Anna is going to be talking about having a baby and being pregnant. And we know that some of you might not want to hear a conversation about that right now. And so we just want to warn you so that you can take care of yourself in whatever way makes sense for you. I'm Casper Terkyle. And I'm Vanessa Zoltan. And this is The Real Question. Today we're joined by Anna Wellfield. Anna is studying theology and training to be a vicar in Nottingham in England and writes poetry in her free time. And we're so glad to welcome her to the show today. Welcome, Anna. Hi, thanks for having me. I feel like we're having tea and we're surrounded by like poetry books (laughs) and, you know, literature (laughs) 
And I, maybe there's scones. At least that's the fantasy I'm living in today. I wish there were scones. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, can you please tell us a little bit about what brought you here today? Yeah, of course. To give you some context, my daughter was born in February of 2021, at which point the UK was in one of its many lockdowns due to COVID. And it was one of the more extreme lockdowns. So we weren't allowed to see anyone at all. And I think at that point it was like, you can go out once a day for exercise. My husband, though, was still going to work because he was a key worker. And so it was just me and my daughter at home for most of the time. And we just got really in the habit of being at home alone. Like we, I say we, I learned how to be a parent at home all day. And even when I was allowed to take her out to parks and meet people, that always felt like a huge amount of effort and I didn't really know how to do it. And it was just easier to be at home. And so I think for the seven months of my maternity leave, we were pretty isolated and I got really depressed, honestly. And Mm. I remember it was, we had probably had about two months left in maternity leave And I was already very much counting down the days and just thinking, I just have to get through this. People would suggest things of how to help. And I'd just be like, nope, I just need to survive. I don't need to keep doing things the way I'm doing them. And we'll get through the days. And then in September, I started my course. My daughter started nursery. She loved it there. And I loved it at my course. It was like a veil lifted. Everything felt better. I felt like me again. I felt alive. (laughs) I felt, yeah, like I had purpose again. And I... It was like night and day. Whatever depression I was experiencing completely lifted almost within like a week. Cut to now, however many months later, and we're expecting our next baby. Um, Yay. (laughs) Um, In October. And the way my course works is I can have no time off at all or a whole academic year. And so understandably, I'm taking that year very gratefully. I know that um, to be looking at a year's maternity leave especially talking to a lot of people who might be listening from the US, is a huge amount of time and I'm very lucky. But having had that first experience, I'm just feeling really fearful Mm. about it being isolating again. But more than isolating, I think I'm feeling fearful about this. Just feeling of, like, what am I doing on maternity leave? Who am I when I'm on maternity leave? And this Mm. feeling of guilt of really wanting to get back to work, but knowing how lucky I am to have the time off. So my my question is, how can I hope that this time will be different, but still be realistic about the fact that it's probably going to be hard? Yeah. And I'm so struck by the way that you said, like, once you found a way to, like, make it through those days, like even offers of help were kind of like a, a disruption of that because you're like, oh, I, I know how I can do a day at a time and I've got 60 left. And I'm like, yeah. you know, I can, ju- I can just so get into that headspace of understanding you found the thing you can do and actually help is harder than just repeating the thing, even if you know the thing itself is not that great. And I'm really struck by how you said like there was something like not feeling like yourself mm during the first maternity leave and i'm curious i mean i can imagine like i'm I'm not a mum, obviously but i'm like i don't want to not feel like myself i'd be really resistant Mm. to that and so i'm like i'm curious like who are you when you're not yourself or who were you when you didn't feel yourself last time yeah 
I think it's a feeling that a lot of mums have that um, mm. they don't feel like themselves for a while after their children have come into their lives in whatever way their children arrive. Mm. Yeah, I think it's this thing of your whole world becomes about caregiving. And if that wasn't true of you before, it's really hard to kind of fight to remember the things that were key to your identity. Mm. And also there's just a hormonal aspect of like it's it's a really hard thing to explain, but you just feel very like a more like primal version of yourself. Like you feel like you're yeah. just you're very focused on the like keeping alive job of looking after this child, and that gradually dissipates. But it's yeah, it's hard to feel like a rational human being <laughs> for a while. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a good way of describing that that sense of like focus like the other things have to fade into the background because there's so much mm. specificity that's demanded of you and it's all caregiving yeah <laughs> like that's the fullness of the focus i mean we don't know each other yet w would you tell me a little bit about like what are the other bits that had to fall out of focus mm. like obviously your your degree your training your kind of professional work as well what what were some of the pieces also that had to kind of melt into the background can I add to that question a little bit of what are the things that you usually like about yourself that mm. I, it's the same question that Casper's asking, right? Like, yeah. what are the things that you're usually like, this is me that couldn't come out while you were mm. in this caretaking mm. mode? Yeah. I think it's a few things. My like friendships and like my deep close friendships that I can really, I'm someone who gives a lot of time to listening to their friends and supporting yeah. them. Mm. And it's, yeah, that it felt like that couldn't just practically happen as much. I, th I mean, that partly yeah. was COVID, but partly I think, you know, my daughter would be crying or need a feed and I, you know, everything would have to be interrupted all the time, even when I did, you know, have a phone call or Zoom people. Um, yeah. I spent a lot of time thinking and reading and, you know, cooking and having time to kind of reflect on what's happened in the day and, make connections between things that you know something I've read or a podcast I've listened to and what's happening in my life and it just feels it felt like that part of my brain didn't have room during that time mm. which is odd because there was a lot of time <laughs> you know with a newborn they're sleeping a lot and you know I spent a lot of time watching tv but it, I think there's something about being totally on your own compared to even being with a newborn or with a small child, that just is really different. Especially if that, you know, child in the cot also comes with it like a huge feeling of responsibility. It's it's really hard to kind of just like concentrate on something else. <laughs> you mean you weren't able to write a dissertation while yeah, exactly. <laughs> keeping a helpless child alive? <laughs> Well, you should be ashamed of yourself. I know. I mean, people do. People write books and all sorts. <laughs> do they? Do they? I don't know. Who are these people? I don't believe a word. They have full-time help, right? Like Presumably. <laughs> so it's like this haunting from last time that's already kind of casting a shadow on what's coming up now. And am I right in thinking that you're like, Yes, I know the context is different, but like, is this actually going to kind of be a similar experience? And I don't want that again. Yeah, I think people keep saying it won't be the same again. It's not COVID, but yeah. there's just this big part of me that doesn't believe them. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, I love that you have friends that like want to take care of you, but that sounds so annoying. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you don't freaking know. You cannot cut out with a scalpel <laughs> what was COVID and what was maternity leave. Also, we're not totally out of COVID. Babies still can't be vaccinated, right? Like, that's so nice that people want to encourage you. But if I were you, I would find that very frustrating that other people are trying to predict for you how this is going to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm wondering, I don't, I don't mean this, but I'm going to say it just to see how you react. Like, check in with yourself how this emotionally feels. What if I were to say to you, look, Anna, you have no idea how it's going to go. Try not to worry about it and see. Mm. Is your reaction to that like, fuck you. I know my body. This is going to go badly. (laughs) Yes, but it's also like, it's that feeling of if I let myself just experience it, I feel like I'll be you know, however many months in before I realize it's going badly and then it'll be too late (laughs) to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. You're like, I will have given up by then. Yeah, the roller coaster will have happened and I will just be waiting to get off the ride. (laughs) That's actually interesting though, Anna. Like you mentioned like, okay, I watched a lot of TV or which in itself, fine. But were there markers for you that if you look back at that experience now that you're like, oh, if I'm doing that, that probably means I'm not in a good place. Maybe. I think the TV thing, I mean, I, I do love watching TV. I think it's like, what TV am I watching? And how, oh, that's interesting. Like, and how often am I taking breaks from that to do other things? Hmm. Like, how much is Netflix just, you know, displaying that message? It sometimes displays, are you sure you want to continue watching? <laughs> <laughs> I find that message so judgmental. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm curious if you can dissect this. Probably not. It's not a fair question again. I'm here with all the unfair questions. Mm -hmm. How much better would your experience be if you took away the guilt and shame Mm. and just were like, yeah, I'm part cow right now because I'm breastfeeding Mm -hmm. this child and I'm sloppy and gross and watching a lot of TV and rock on. Like, is yeah. it the behaviors or is it the guilt and shame about the behaviors? Mm. 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 I mean, guilt and shame never helps. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it's more than just the guilt and shame because I think, okay. you know, the guilt and shame of how things had been, you know, I'd get to, you know, the weekend and I'd still be kind of behaving in the same way, but I'd have company and it would be so much better, Yeah, you know? Yeah, that makes sense to me, right? Because sometimes sometimes I'm doing something that I know I find joyful. I just feel guilty about it and that ruins it. And other times I'm like, I should actually shower. It would actually physically, literally make me feel better to shower. I don't feel guilty about being gross. I feel gross. But like, right? Like sometimes (laughs) it's the guilt about feeling gross, not the feeling gross. Absolutely. I think the guilt, the way the guilt made things worse was when... I was connecting with other people on maternity leave and I'd want to be real about how I felt. And I'd be like, oh, isn't this like really a bit shit? And they'd be like, oh, I'm loving maternity leave. I'm so enjoying bonding with my child. And then I'd feel like a tiny, awful speck of a person. That's that's when the guilt and shame was awful. (laughs) Those people sound like they're on Zoloft. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that is. It sounds like an American drug, but yes. <laughs> Those people sound like they're on a serotonin reuptake yes. inhibitor. 
<laughs> or annoying. The other word for those people is annoying. <laughs> I just want to reflect something back to you, and I'm wondering how this makes you feel. It sounds like part of you really resents not being able to live a life of the mind and that you, for a year of your life, are just focused on keeping mm. this this helpless creature alive who isn't contributing anything to society <laughs> and you just have to keep it alive. It's a very needy plant. <laughs> but then when we asked you what you value in your life mm. outside of motherhood, you said, like, I'm a really good listener, mm. right? That you like listening to your friends. And these are both caretaking roles. Mm. And I'm wondering, one fills you up and the other feels like a drain and a sacrifice. Mm. And again, I keep asking you to try to delineate things that I know aren't quite delineatable. Mm. But I, I'm wondering if you can parse that out a little bit for us. Mm. I mean, it's probably the lack of like, I mean, she, she's an amazing communicator. She has lots of words now, but she takes a while for babies to learn to talk back. Yeah. Um, yeah she's so, not intellectually stimulating yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, her favorite word at the moment is socks. It's, it's a great word, oh, but it's it um, such a yeah. good word. <laughs> so cute. I think when you're sat with a friend and you're listening to them, you can be really present in that moment, but mm. it's a moment or, you know, it's 20 minutes, it's half an hour and the conversation will move on and it'll ebb and it'll flow. That person's still like a separate person. <laughs> and there's a way in which your baby is a separate person, but they're also sort of this appendage now that's like part of you. Yeah. And I, so it's, it's both the fact that that she wasn't able to communicate with me in that way it wasn't stimulating in the same way but it's also partly that thing of I can't separate myself out from you and listen to you kind of reflexively it's like we are one for a while <laughs> totally and so I'm wondering if there was this system where like you know you were an 18th century duchess and you could hand your child over for three years and see it you know, have the child be seen but not heard. Like, would that be ideal? What would an ideal system be for you? That definitely wouldn't be ideal. Um, okay, great. You, you don't know, want to be a 17th century duchess. No. I mean, my daughter goes to nursery three days a week and that, like, I miss mm. her, you know? Mm. I think what's so hard about this is that I feel so many contradictory things. Yeah. Like, all of the time. And I, I genuinely don't know what a perfect system would be. Because I want loving know. her less. Yeah, probably. That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Mm. You know, I want to see everything. I don't want to miss things. But equally, maybe it's just I need like Bernard's watch. Did you? Maybe that's too UK a reference. But um, where you can just like pause time for a while, and so she uh. stops like growing, and I just go and have like a day of like sleep and like reading, and then I come back and I haven't missed anything at all. <laughs> I feel like I say this with every question, but this is about grief. We only have one life to live, and you want to be in charge of prayer at your church and in school and mentally stimulated and playing with socks. And mm. yeah, it turns out we can't do all those things at once. So, is it fair to say? So, your question is 
So what's the balance that I can best live with? There's going to be pain and grief no matter what. Yeah. So what can I do to make it the one that stinks the least? Yeah, I think so. I think it's about balance. How do I find spaces to have time being away and being me? And how do I be so completely focused on her? And how do I balance those things? Mm. But whether that's my question or not, I don't know, because I don't even know if I practically can have time Mm. away from her, really. Even though it's not COVID, my parents don't live close. Phil's parents don't live close. We have friends, but they're, you know, friends in their 20s with jobs. They're not going to be able to be childcare. So That's what really strikes me, Anna, is like what I hear and what you're sharing is also a kind of a knowing that it's not going to be that different because some of those fundamentals in terms of, yeah, they're like systems of care, like Vanessa was talking about and like you've just said, it is going to be you, actually, mm. most of the time. And it is going to mostly be you at home alone. And sure, your o- oldest child will be at nursery a couple of days a week. But like, like, I feel like I hear you be quite clear-eyed about what you're preparing for. And so I'm wondering if there's something about preparing for an endurance test that you've done before, but mm. you didn't enjoy that much and you kind of know it's coming again. Like yeah. that's, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think that's how it feels. When I look at this time, I'm not optimistic that it's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm like looking at it like, how do I make it better? <laughs> yeah. But even saying that does make me feel guilty <laughs> because mm. I have this thing of like, why would it not be amazing watching the first year of my child's life? Well, that's, I think this is really important because there's one thing which is like accepting what it is. And then there's the comparison, which of course is the killer of all joy. Mm. And I wonder if our first text actually might be really helpful to tease out these two things of the experience itself and the expectations of it. So Anna, would you tell us about your first text? What What is it and why did you bring it? Yeah, it's a poem called The Bright Field by R.S. Thomas. It's been one of my top favorite poems for a while. Yes, I'm the kind of person who has a list of top favorite poems. <laughs> <laughs> And it, for me, it just, it really speaks about not missing the beauty of the moment right in front of you. Would you read it to us? I have seen the sun break through to illuminate a small field for a while and gone my way and forgotten it. But that was the pearl of great price, the one field that had treasure in it. I realize now that I must give all that I have to possess it. Life is not hurrying onto a receding future, nor hankering after an imagined past. It is the turning aside like Moses to the miracle of the lit bush, to a brightness that seemed as transitory as your youth once, but is the eternity that awaits you. Mm. Was there some snippet or like a key idea in this text that really spoke to you as you were thinking Mm. about what to choose? I think it was that Life is not hurrying on to a receding future nor hankering after an imagined past bit. Mm. I think we all find it really hard to live in the present. Um, But that's definitely something that's been true of me for a long time. I I spend a lot of my time not in the present and in both the future and the past. And so I think the feeling of like, can I just see the beauty in what's right now in front of me rather than 
wishing mm. it away or wishing the next thing here or looking back to things that were. That feels like a challenge for me, but something that could be really beautiful. So Anna, I'm thinking about that relationship between the thing itself, right? The upcoming maternity leave and then the just the feelings about the thing itself, right? The way other people expect things to be and therefore the way we expect things to be. And the piece that you pulled out was about being present and not looking forward or not kind of getting stuck in in memory. And I'm curious if that theme of presence or, I don't know, being here in what is rather than wanting it to be the future mm. or being stuck in the past, is, is there a relationship between those two things that we've drawn out from how you're looking at this upcoming season of, of maternity leave? I think to see the present moment and to see the beauty in front of you, you have to kind of, ex- there's like a, an, a theme of acceptance there of you have to kind of mm. let go of the things that aren't right in front of you, let go of kind of wishing mm. things were different, but also wishing that I was different. You know, there's not really a space for comparison in it about how I am because I'm the one standing in front of that small field. It's both about like seeing the opportunity in the moments of of time that are beautiful moments in celebrating those, but also seeing like clearly what it means for me to be me being a mom of a small uh, child. Like see what that really looks like and the fact that it's not maybe how it looks for other people, but just accepting that and being like, and and I'm a great mum, you know, and I'm mm. Anna as mum is something beautiful and to be celebrated. Yes. How I do that when I'm, you know, actually in the day to day moments and I'm covered in sick and breast milk and et cetera, et cetera. I'm not so sure, but <laughs> So I hate this poem. <laughs> Great. (laughs) Or do you know what? I don't hate the poem. I think it is an unfair comparison that you are putting yourself in. Mm. A sun Mm. breaking through, illuminating a small field is an uncomplicated, beautiful thing. Right? Yeah. And so calling ourselves to better appreciate and delight in beautiful small fields, like uncomplicated (laughs) things, seems like a really lovely call. That is not what being a mom is. Yeah. Right. It's certainly not how you experience being a mom. It's not a small, uncomplicated thing. It's not a moment where you're walking by and the sun breaks through, Mm. right? It is being covered in sick and breast milk and your child learning words and smiling for the first time and connecting with you and delighting, right? I, I feel like this poem is calling us to appreciate moments of beauty when they appear to us. Mm. It is not saying love the sacrifice and love the hard Mm. things. And so what if I said to you, it's fine to hate parts of it, right? Like what role could anger or resentment play? Mm. I Mm. don't want you to be sad or depressed, right? Like Mm. I don't want you to be angry or resentful (laughs) either, right? Like being happy and joyful is more fun, but this is just freaking hard. It's hard. It's It's not a small field. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just wondering if there are other feelings. Like, what if you just let yourself resent moments of it Mm. and Mm. say to this baby while it's pooped on you, I love you, but this is disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's that feeling of resentment is a really great feeling to let yourself feel, but 
it feels best when you have a cathartic outlet. And I definitely, there were times when I wanted that, but I felt like yelling at my baby is not an appropriate cathartic outlet. And I didn't, I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't feel like I knew what one would be. Yeah. So maybe it's about finding the right catharsis. (laughs) Hmm. I mean, it's definitely not about making yourself feel bad for not seeing the beauty in, you know, diaper blowouts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> when, it also hit, when you said like, um, when I did connect with other mums, everyone was like, everyone was maybe doing this thing of like, oh, the field and the lo- oh, I love it. Yeah. It's great. And like, I don't want to contribute to that. Do I? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And like, maybe, you know what, and maybe it was true for them in that moment, and God bless them. But that feels like the whole added second layer that we were talking about before of like, mm-hmm. in those moments, you were trying to do what we're talking about here, which is like, tell the truth. Yeah. And were met by people who, for whatever reason, at least didn't either experience the same truth or were not telling it. <laughs> and I am betting most of my coins on that second option. But so I'm wondering, like, I'm curious, do you have relationships with other, probably mothers, like, is there anyone who you can say absolutely anything to? Or like, I just want you to have a place where you don't, where you don't have to pretend. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It could also be like a song you play loud on your headphones mm. and nice. angry dance to, or a pillow that. you scream into. Mm. I think, I mean, I have lots of like genuine connections with people, but... It takes a while for me to be the one who opens up, I think. You know, I cited, I said earlier that what feels like me is listening to other people. I tend not to do a huge amount of talking about me, especially if there's not like a happy or at least a hopeful end to the narrative. It's back to guilt, but I feel guilt if I give people a story that's all sad and I'm still in that moment. Because I feel like I don't want you to try and help me, but you're going to feel pressured to try and help me. I think what I'm coming down to is I really do want more friends who are going through the same thing. Mm Because I think when you're going through the same thing, neither of you tries to fix the problem because you know it can't be fixed. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you can just talk about it. And due to just circumstance of being the first in our friendship group who have started having Mm -hmm. kids, Mm -hmm. that's not something I have at the moment. And it's so... I need to, you know, there's an element of I need to try and find that. It's just amazing, right, how company can make you feel better. Mm. It's what we always say about literature, right? Like if you read a book and someone 200 years ago was like, motherhood freaking sucks. You're like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, even 200 years ago, they felt this way. And they're talking right to me, right? Mm. It's that feeling seen thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of my best friends has a baby who just turned one and she has gotten super into angry mom Instagram. (laughs) And it is just Instagram accounts that are only about when you are on the road and you've used all the diapers and like, what do you do? Right. Like, (laughs) And she's just like, I never thought that Instagram would be like the most important part of motherhood for me, but Mm -hmm. just feeling accompanied. Right. Mm. And the way our current systems are set up, it's like actually when you have a kid is when you move into the house with a private yard or Mm. you actually isolate more and more when you need that connection more and more. Yeah. And so I think what I don't want about this poem is its focus on the personal responsibility of it all. 
Yeah. Right. The like, it's on me to see the beauty in the field. It's mm. on you to do whatever you can to not be depressed this time. Mm. But it's not on you to just like see the beauty. Yeah, no, I, 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 and I feel like I fell into that trap of reading the poem actually in that way of looking for beauty. So I really appreciate where this conversation has taken us, which is like the experience is one thing. And that's like, let's be honest, it's just going to be really hard. And so there's this second layer that we can think about, which is the guilt or the judgment or the, you know, all the stuff that's wrapped around the experience itself. And I'm really excited for you, Anna. I feel like you're coming into it this time. I don't know. You're you're like a seasoned jewel thief. You're like, <laughs> look, the heist is not easy. And it's not going to be easier this time. But I know my crew now. And like, I'm not going to be betrayed by the Spanish code breaker. Because I, I like, you're just like coming in at a level of awareness. An element of like expertise of understanding that you're coming into the experience with this time. Which feels, which feels different to me. And... If there is a beautiful field in those 12 months of maternity leave, fabulous. But like, we're not going to go in expecting a field every day, right? Like, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to take away from Iris Thomas is like the harshness of the landscape, but you know where you're walking now. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's, yeah. there's a, there's an understanding of the reality that you're bringing now that feels really powerful. Maybe it's not the noticing the beauty that I need to work on. It's like noticing the opportunities to nap that I need to work on. Hello. Say more. <laughs> yes. I think the first time around, I was like, I was still very in that productivity brain of uh, like work ethic and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so if she was like asleep, I would be like, okay, what can I do in this time to make my environment cleaner or like life better or you know what can I achieve in this time mm, mm. and um I could have napped a lot more and that would have been better <laughs> <laughs> well luckily I think our second text is called nap more <laughs> and if it's not I think it'll still help us so why don't we move on to our next text you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Anna, what is your second text? So it's an extract from um, a book called A Line Above the Sky by Helen Mort. And she is a poet and an amateur climber and a mother in Sheffield. And she her whole book is about motherhood and sacrifice and the joy of mountaineering and about risk and about the way society views mothers who choose to keep pursuing that risk. Mm. Mm. Great. What is the text? With him, I am an animal, fierce and proud. I hold him to my belly at night and I nose him, I sniff him, let him pour at me. But when I can't sleep, I long to take off into the night and flatten myself against Maul and Pete, roll in heather, taste the ground, alone and without him. I imagine creeping back in by morning, bringing him the smell of ferns, the taste of feathers, the roughness of gritstone, my eyes glittering with the small light the stars have granted me. Hmm. What is it about this text? It's that bit about longing to take off into the night, to be alone and without your child. (laughs) But then what you can, like, what beautiful things you can bring back the next day when you come back. Like, I, there was this sense that the me that Eleanor was getting was a me that was diminished. And Mm. if I could have, if I could have snuck out and, you know, rolled around in Morland Pete. That's not my version of what I would have done. But, you know, if I could have gone and done something, I would have been able to bring her back so much more than what I was giving her. What would be your Morland Pete? <sighs> like a, a really good cup of tea and cake in a cafe with a good book. <laughs> <laughs> and trees and sky and, you know, the outside too. But I think, like, just time unplanned Mm. unstructured time where no one needs me (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah can can you structure some unstructured time into your life is that a possible thing like starting week one you have one friend who's willing to come for three hours on tuesdays Mm. yeah probably certainly i could be more like I could choose that time more when it fills around at the weekends. I think it's back to that theme of guilt. Who knew this was all about guilt? But um, I think last time I felt this sense of, this is our time altogether. I have to be here. Um, but I could definitely do a lot more leaving when he is there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I sense some hesitation. What's What are you noticing? Ah. Uh, so I, Phil is an incredibly engaged father and mm. he's actually really like 
day one was amazingly competent with babies. I don't, it's like a natural skill set. But he is much less good at dealing with sleep deprivation than I am. And I, mm. so I think there was, there was like a practical sense of if I can let him nap, our lives will be better because he'll be less grumpy. But yeah, I think there's a mixture of both. I think it's more about rather than kind of just like letting ourselves like make decisions in the moment, we could plan for both of those things to happen. You know, he can have a nap at some point and I can go out. That's achievable. And there'll be some weekends when it isn't, you know, like I also don't want to fall into a trap now of setting up expectations that end up <laughs> being too hard to keep as well. Or pretending that practical solutions are solve everything what's actually happening mm. right but i i mean you just radiate so much care like the fact that you're like well i want phil to have sleep and i i can take it you know mm. like that is it's such a generous orientation may, maybe to a fault yeah <laughs> <laughs> like everything that you've shared is clearly coming from a place of wanting wanting to support the people you love and i i just that is beautiful i, I don't want to negate that and no one, Phil, kids, us, everyone, like no one wants to see you back in back in the hole that you ended up in. And so the, it probably will take a little bit of discomfort yeah. to set a different pattern, I think. Mm. Yeah, I'm wondering whether I need like, like, a, like a little like song or like a mantra or something that I can like say to myself when that feeling of yeah. like, am I allowed to do this comes. Um, like this weekend I was away um, on a retreat that was compulsory. I didn't choose to do it, but I felt so guilty about how my daughter reacted when I left and so guilty when I came back about how clingy she was. And mm. I, yeah, I feel like I, maybe I just need something I like say to myself in those moments of like, what do you wish someone else would say to you in those moments? Mm. I think it's partly about permission. Like you're allowed to do this, but it's also partly that thing of like, it's better for everyone in the long run. There it is. I'm allowed to do this. It's better for everyone mm. that I do this. Also, I just would like to say, using one of my sacred texts, Sinjin in Jane Eyre says a very important line at one point. He says, I want it. <laughs> and like, that makes him feel entitled to it. Yeah. And I would just like to say on behalf of mothers everywhere, I want it is sometimes just enough of a reason. Yeah. Absolutely. You can just be like, I want it. Yeah. And I mm. I, I want to get to a place where I want it convinces me. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. You have a daughter, right? Showing her that it's okay to just mm. do things you want. Right? Like, that's an important yeah. thing to show her. You're allowed to want things. And you have to teach her that you're going to be frustrated sometimes, mm. right? But, like, for the sake of your daughter, show her. Women are allowed to want things and then get them. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And on behalf of the other moms and the other women in your life, and, uh, and everyone who feels dispossessed mm. in any way, right? I want it. That's do it. Yeah. And bring back feathers. Great. But like, <laughs> just go. Anna, this, I, I'm just so grateful to you. Your Seriously. courage in talking about this. Eleanor is such a lucky kid. Mm. 
to have you. you as her mom. For and real. this this upcoming baby will be as well. And please let us know what angry practices you come up with. <laughs> Rage dancing, screaming yeah. into a pillow, destroying plants, throwing plates, whatever it is. <laughs> and I just hope that you get to go to cafes and eat scones just because you want a scone and that that is sometimes just enough of a reason to eat a scone. Yeah. So great to be with you, Anna. And seriously, good luck this year. Thank you. This has been so great. We have an amazing maxim from Jesse this week, which is nobody is really anywhere. We're all just on our way. Mm. Thanks, Jesse. You've been listening to The Real Question. Love the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Question Pod and on Twitter at The Real Q Pod. A big shout out to our BFF tier patrons, Laura Lorber, Amanda Schramm, Effie Howe, Ashley Mayle, Eloise Faring, Mary Margaret, Ari Bitty, Becky Boo, Kristen Hall, Jenny Cruz, and Stephanie Fedowish. Thank you so much, everyone. We're a Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is Ariana Nettleman. We are mixed by Erica Wong, and our music is by Nick Bowl, and we are distributed by Acast. Special thanks this week to the wonderful, wonderful Anna, and thanks as always to Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, Lara Glass, AJ Uramas, Gabby Iori, and Stephanie Paulsell. Thanks, everyone, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.